Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh, and today I'm talking about Night's Shadow, the second book in the Great Coat series by Sebastian de, Ca- de Castile. So let's suffer with the magic of books. Now, suffer is definitely the right word for this book. There is a lot of suffering going on by our main characters. But no, I did not suffer while reading this book. It is a great book. I loved it almost as much as I loved the first one. I think the first one hits so many beats and so well, it is tough to follow up to that, follow up with that book. But I think this book does a a great job as being a second book. It continues on. It expands the world. Uh, Sebastian de Castile's writing ability is still way high. He's got so many good one-liners again in this one. It's just insane how effective he is at pulling these these one-liners out that just hurt but make you feel good. So again, I, I think it was really good. It's a little longer than the first one, but it really flows. Although at some parts I was like, man, is this really just the same book? Like so much has happened. But then when you think about it, really not quite that much is actually happening. It just feels like there's a ton happening. So again, I think... Uh, his characters are amazing. You know, we are sticking with the great coats with Falcio or Falchio, but I call him Falcio. Kest and Brasti and Valiana from the last one. They are super, super just so full and they have realistic feelings and desires and motivations and they don't always agree. So I, I just loved it. Um, again, the atmosphere of the world I think he's created is just it's great, and you really feel like you're in there, and you're feeling the suffering of people. So that was really good. All right, I think I'm just going to have to get into the spoilers because there is just so much to talk about that I just I don't even know where to start. So let's just start with the beginning, kind of just give you a, a very brief what's going on the book picks up after the this book picks up after the first book they have kind of defeated trin and her little army for a little bit and then falcio cast and Brasti are sent south to start wrangling those ducal lords and getting their promises because if trin succeeds they're not gonna be as favored they go down kind of put down a little bit of a mini rebellion that's starting a lot of people die both the ducal lords isalt and the one next to him that's not as important both die so it turns into a murder mystery, which I really thought was a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's not very long of a murder mystery, where it's like strictly murder mystery, but that, it was pretty interesting and nice to see. And then moving on, they learn what happened to the Daishani, and then they go and meet with all the other Duco lords at the castle of Aramor. Not the castle of Aramor, but we're at the king's castle, which is right next to Aramor, and... They defeat an army there, and then they select new... The Dukes hold their Ducal Council meeting, where they select new Dukes for the lands where their Dukes were killed. And they also talk about having a queen, because they realize the whole world is going to, to crap, and they can't do anything about it, because they're too invested in protecting their own land. And so they agree to have a queen, but they're like, oh, but do we really want Alina as our queen? She's so young. And Falcio says, no, you can't have her to be your queen yet, but you can have this one. You can have Valiana. And so Valiana becomes the new temporary queen, the, the kind of like a, not a proto-queen, but like a regent queen. So she's the, the regent now. And they have a year with the ducal lords not attacking and not doing anything for the greatcoats to run to kind of save the country. And then we'll see what happens. So it was just so good. So really, where to start with this book? Well, uh, I know one place I want to start, and I want to start with Sir Shudan. Man, what an actor. I thought 
We finally found like one good night. He's a great guy. He pays his men well. He works on this. He works on that. You know, he, he has honor, it sounds like. He looks really cool. He does these nice things. And then it turns out he's just a scumbag and that he's working with Trin to become the Lord Regent Commander of all the armies. And then they would he would marry Trin and they would have their own army and take over the country. What a shock, a disappointment. I, I mean, it made sense. It was a perfect perfectly played and there's even hints that Faustio even comments on his good acting in front you know to the reader he says man he was a really good actor he knew how to play a crowd and it's like ah man like that's right there in my face like I should have seen that so that was I was I was sad that we didn't have like a single good night I really wish we had had one good night because that would that could have you know shown hey not all the nights are bad like yes most of them are but not every knight is a bad person. I loved, yeah, I just, it was so good. The, uh, after Carafel has been burned down and they're chasing the army, they, they're chasing the, the rogue, kind of rogue knights, and they chase them and they get to the next town and they've defeated them and they're like, the, the, the captain of the army is going on this rat and he's got the kids and he's going to kill him. And I just, oh, there was one thing, let me see, yeah. I love it. He said, I am so tired of men who murder children preaching about honor. Like, you do not get to murder kids for whatever reason and then say, oh, it's an honor thing. They they needed to be killed because they're dumb, kid, they're dumb kids. I love the way Fauci was able to diffuse that situation. It's really, it was really cool. And I loved, I loved that the end, near the end, I don't know if it's exactly the end, but Falcio's like, you know, the, nobody follows me. Like, and everyone's like, yes, Falcio, we follow you because you're you, because you have valor, because you are courageous, because you do what's right and you don't do what's bad. You know, you always, always rush in to help people and to save people. You know, the, those kids on top of the burning building with the madman on top, you just ran in there and you figured something out. Like, none of us would have done that. We all would have thinking about how can I do this? What could I do that? Should I shoot him and risk that he falls? But you just run in. And I was like, oh, so, so good. I mean, it just, the feelings, the emotions, you know that everyone is following him because it, it was so funny. Like, he's always like, oh, no, I believe in the king. And everybody else believes in the king as much as I do. And everyone's like, yeah, no, no, we we don't believe in the king as much as you do. Not even the king believed in himself as much as you believed in him. Like, he was following your example. Granted, you didn't meet in the best of spots. But, like, he was following your example and your willingness to be so good and so awesome. So I loved that. And I was really interesting. This book really only takes place over six to eight days. Well, I mean, it takes a little bit more than that in the beginning. But, like, the main action is, like, six to eight days, which is pretty crazy. And it's just, it's, it's so fast-paced. And Falcio starts having visions of the king. And the king's like, you're going to betray her. You're going to betray her. And he's like, I'm not going to betray her. I'm not. And I don't really think of it as a betrayal to the king. You know, he says that he betrayed the last issue of his king, last command of his king. But not putting Aline on the throne when she's unready to take it is not a betrayal. That is, and if anything, like being smart about keeping your promise to the king and putting someone on who can in the future keep things under control which is way better than having Aline as a 13-year-old on the throne and then just get killed. So it was, I mean, I don't, I don't agree that Fauci broke his promise to the king. 
All right, let's talk about one thing I really liked, and then let's talk about one thing I really didn't like. Dariana, I thought, was an amazing character. Whether or not she remembered everything and had forgotten, or whether she really kind of knew the whole time but just didn't care, and it was trying to lead up to the point where she decided to go to save Falcio or to not save Falcio. That, I mean, just her, her story is amazing and touching, and then he's like, I am the heart's. I am the king's heart. And then she kind of like wakes up and, and stabs Hasten in the eye. And I was just like, oh, yeah, do it. That was so good. Like, you're awake and you're part of the team. And like, you were a Daishani and now you're not a Daishani. And now you're here with them. And so great. And the whole, the whole great coats lament that they've built up just to kill Falcio so, Falcio so that they can kind of get their honor back with the story. And they kidnap a Bardetti because they know that the true stories come from the Bardetti and I'm like oh man this is so cool and he fights it and his body breaks like his body is broken but definitely his spirit is not and the amount of pain and punishment that they go he goes through reliving his wife's murder and like actually seeing it and seeing where it took place that's crazy and like so painful now the only thing I'm like how could you really actually find those teeth like that's a little bit a little bit ridiculous, but it's a fantasy world, so I'm willing to ignore it. Now, the one thing, one of the things that I really did not like about this book, or did not expect, was just the tailor, how bad she gets. Like, she just, she becomes less believable in my eyes. In this first book, she kind of knows everything, and she has these plans, and she comes up with a hundred, you know, a hundred great coats, and they're, they're not really great coats. They're just a hundred of the Daishan who are unblooded, which means they couldn't commit the ritual suicide, which, I mean, if you're going to commit a ritual suicide and you want your people to, like, do it, then just, like, don't make a law that says they have to wait for their your bodies to all be decayed before they can commit suicide. Like, which, okay, again, there's a tangent here for I'm off the tailor for a second, but the Daishani and the realization that, hey, the Daishani are not the ones doing this at all because the Daishani all killed themselves after you beat two of them because they realized or they figured out that like, hey, what we're doing is not actually our divine mandate or like what's good. You know, we thought we had the backing of heaven because we never failed. So when we failed, we don't have the divine backing anymore. Therefore, we're all wrong. And like we've killed and murdered all these people for nothing, which I thought was cool. And like, obviously, the ones, the younger ones who hadn't been blooded yet were like, OK, but they still wanted to fight. So the tailor recruits them. Taylor what's wrong with you? Like, I know you want a lean on the throne, but like, you get revenge for your son, but this is not the way. Throwing the country into despair is not going to get you what you want. So I, the tailor's attitude, her letting Falcio be given to the great, the, the lamentate, the great coat's lamentation. I really hope, and I'm pretty sure Aline did not really know about the great coat lamentation. But the tailor, that was just the heartbreak that she turned, not heartbreak because she turned, but just like what she did to him, what she allowed to have happened to him. And so he's, she's out. She's, she's trash. Just like I said in the last one, if she hadn't been related to the king, it would have been better. So, and she really loses this, all of her special ability. Like I was really hoping in the beginning where she tells them, Hey, just drop it and go. Here's some money. Get out of town go do your own thing. I was really hoping she'd be like, I'm going to say this to them because I know that they're going to go do this and this and this because it's the tailor. She knows where her threads go and they're her threads. And she totally was like half caught off guard by them. So I was like, okay, so that was uh, useless. The Daishani in open combat on the field of battle against knights, useless. Like 
don't hire assassins and then make them wage a frontal war. Like, silly you, Taylor. Like, did you actually, like, think about your plan at all beforehand? Apparently, you did not. So I did not like that. And I loved... I love the character of Aline in this one. We don't get very much of her, whereas in the first one. But she's just like, I don't want you to have to kill for me. I don't want you to die for me. I'm just a 13-year-old girl who is kind of like the king now. And I'm going to be the king-queen. And I don't want you to have to die for me. I didn't ask for this. You know, she's stressed out. She's going, not crazy, but she's like getting, not sleeping because of all of this stuff. So, so good. And I loved, oh, I loved Ugg. He is so cool and so fun. He's in the jail. I wouldn't even talk about that. So obviously, really quickly, they go back to Dijon, and the Duke's son has been kidnapped by a Daishani. And he's like, we got to go in there and save him. And, they, and while he's in there, he's, he meets Ugg, his torturer from the last book. And Ugg is there reciting the laws, and he's doing good. And he's like, I am, I am just as good as that horse. I did try to save a life. You know, I got caught again, but I'm still better than that horse. You know, that horse could choose, so I'm going to choose. And I loved bringing him back, even just for a little bit. And then Falcio's like, hey, you know, I know, you know, gives him a great coat. And he's like, you are a great coat because you stand for the right and you can give people their judgment and do what is right. And he's like, yeah, I am a great coat. And then the Daishani comes in to assassinate the Duke and Ugg protects him. And Ugg's like, I, I thought you were going for the kid. That's why I stopped you. I would have let you kill the Duke. <laughs> and then the uh, the Daishani kills him with a kind of like a double clap to the head and just that's a death sentence. And so it was it was so sad seeing Ugg die after like 10, 10 minutes of being a journeyman. But it, we get his name if you didn't know. So if you go down and read the uh, the acknowledgments, go back and read the acknowledgments, you can find out Ugg's true name. And that was just funny that it was in the uh, the acknowledgments there. And I liked oh, so much we learn about sainthood. Well, we don't really learn so much, but we know that like when the Red Rage comes on, Kess, that he has to go and cleanse himself in a convent, basically in a temple, and be healed by that. And then he can come back out. And he's always fighting Falcio. wants to fight Falcio because Falcio is kind of like the number two-ish swordsman on the planet. And then we learn that Sir Shuron is actually St. Cavill's son. And he's super good. And the way they kill him and stop him, that was amazing. Cutting off Kest's hand so that Kest is no longer the best swordsman. And then Sir Shuron gets it. And then with he's distracted by getting it, then knife him to the gut that was so good and so sad that was i mean not sad it wasn't it was sad for kest it wasn't sad for the rest of them and then brasty coming back with his archers and they just decimate the war the the knights on horseback and their army and they just crush them and i just loved he, he, he says brasty puts up intemperance's bow and he's like he grabbed his horse bow injury he's like i'm gonna go add injury insult to injury and just runs off shooting knights and stuff so that was so cool. And, you know, from Brasty, we see maybe the king wasn't really who Falcio keeps prote- saying that he was because, as we said earlier, it's all Falcio. He's the one who uh, who did it all. And Athalia and love is not a cage. I just, there's so many good things in this book that I, I just want to keep talking about all of them. Uh, there's, it was a fun book. It was a fast-paced book. A ton of amazing one-liners and really good points. You're just going to have to reread it again sometime if you've already read it. And if you haven't read it and you're listening, this probably made no sense to you what I've been saying, but you should go read it because it is that good. So that's going to be everything I have to talk about Night Shadow today. 
by Sebastian de Castel, Castile. Excuse me. Thanks for listening, and thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. And of course, if you have any questions or comments, send them to libromancypod at gmail.com. And remember to please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. And remember to suffer with the magic of books. <laughs>